What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Sports teaches two things that we as a society don't do a great job of teaching kids anymore. One of them is you got to work and put time in to have success and that failure is not fatal. As a parent, if you question the coach, your kid will question the coach. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore with the Reform Sports Project podcast. Today, I'm joined by the head women's basketball coach at Whitman College, Michelle Ferenc. Her program is qualified for the Northwest Conference postseason tournament each of the past nine seasons and for the NCAA tournament four of the past seven seasons. Coach Ferenc and I talk about D1 or bust, the fear of your kid missing out, and what she looks for during recruiting man freaking fired up i have another phenomenal guest we're cut from the same cloth i always say this when i have a fellow d3 athlete or coach on man i i I love it feel that bond the head women's basketball coach at whitman college michelle ferenc coach thank you so much for hopping i'm pumped to have you thanks for having me nick this is this is an honor thank you you say it's an honor. I appreciate. It. I feel like I'm the one who's who's honored. I love it. I love talking to people who 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 get it. You know, you're a parent as well. You've been in the game for a long time, and coach. And I think you said you know 30 plus years. Where I'd love to start with you, coaches. You know, I want to get into your history as a, as a sports parent and and your experience as an athlete and coach. But where I'd really love to start is this whole D1 or bus thing. And, and you're coaching at one of the premier women's basketball programs in the country. I believe you guys, have, for the last several years, have been ranked in the top 10. I believe this year, I don't know where you I haven't looked in the latest polls, but I think you're top five. But people have a misconception, Coach, that, you know, I've heard people actually say, like, Division Three, and this pisses me off, part of my language, but it pisses me off. People will compare Division Three sports to, like, intramural sports. And I'm like... Dude, I played with guys who went to the big leagues from Division Three. Yeah. So can you talk about the Division Three experience, that D1 or bus mentality? Because clearly you're not there for just having a good time. You're there to teach and learn, but you're also there to win and compete. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I played 
junior college and I played Division Two, and I landed at the Division Three level, you know, kind of after coaching high school for 10 or 11 years. And to be honest, it was my husband who had been an assistant coach at Swarthmore back east and he played D2 and play, he played professionally overseas and he had been an assistant swathmer so when the Whitman job opened up he said oh apply for that and I, I'll be honest I got it Nick because they were horrible I I mean they hired a high school coach to take over a college program because they they had been beaten by 70 and 80 points the year before so they basically needed somebody a warm body and so it was a challenge but the thing I fell in love with was the kids the players that I've gotten to coach and recruit because division three is I think it's the purest level of athletics out there our our players play because they love the sport they are dedicated these are kids that are turning down I've had kids probably half my roster right now is turned down scholarships because they want the experience of being challenged academically and athletically they want that whole experience and um it doesn't mean they're less passionate about their sport. In, in some respects, they're more passionate because they do it because they love it. It's not being paid. It's not a chore. It's never a job. It's a joy to coach them. I, I don't know how else to say it. You know, um, so the D1 or bus thing is just so, def- I, I find it very defeating. Basketball is like the most popular girls sport. You know, I think volleyball and basketball have the most participants at the high school level. And so few of them are going to get scholarships. And, you know, but you got to go where you wanted and where you valued and where you appreciated. And you can go to a D1, walk on. I, we recruit kids all the time. Say, oh, I think I'm going to walk on to D1. I'm like, okay, but you're going to come here and we're going to invest in you. We're going to develop you as a person and as a player. We're going to support you. We're going to develop relationships with you. We're going to make you. And the end product is we're, you know, is we're going to support that next step for you, be it grad school, be it work, whatever. And that's really what it's about is college should be that step to developing. It's like your first chance to really become who you want to be. You get to decide who you are. You get to develop. You get to make some really adult life choices and define who you are. And, you know, I think Division Three gives student-athletes a chance to really explore. It gives them a chance to, I mean, I think Division Three coaches are invested in the person on, on a level that sometimes D1 aren't. I mean, there's just a different dynamic there. And I've had kids, I, my own twins who, one played junior college and, and they probably could have played D3 and then one had the Division One experience. And for both of them, you know, the choices were, you know, where are you going to be valued? Where are you going to be invested? You know, what's really honestly where you're going to have a great experience? And I, and I think sometimes that D1 or bus mentality is just, wow, it's defeating because that's not what it's all about. Getting a scholarship should not be the end game. You should play sports because you love it. And I think sometimes that D1 or bus mentality never allows kids to decide do I love the game what do I love what's my why why do I play do I love being part of a team do I love the work you know do I love going to the gym every day and and having a goal and challenging myself is it the competing what what is it you love about being an athlete and sometimes it just gets blurred in that whole message and and that's that's unfortunate because there's so many I think kids that walk away from they decide not to play who really love the sport. And then they come back around and say, I wish I would have gone and played, you know. Um, and I have a couple of my own household. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of my own kids. They probably would have continued their athletic career because, you know, it's such a fleeting opportunity and so many positives. So I'm listening to you and I'm thinking as a parent myself and someone who coaches in youth athletics and people like to point the finger and say, kids nowadays aren't as tough or kids are soft or I think well, we're the ones raising them. You know, my generation, your generation, our generation are the ones who built this youth sports uh, billion dollar industry that didn't exist when I was growing up. So it's like, you know, and at the forefront of it, I believe is is selling parents 
or selling the dream of the athletic scholarship, selling it. Hey, you're so good. Your kid's a phenom, right? We got to, oh my God, I haven't seen this talent since, you know, uh, Albert Einstein, whatever it is, like your kid's the next this. And then, oh my God, we got to harness this talent by going year round and specializing and, and hey, it's only going to be X amount of dollars, but we can't let them fall behind. So this pressure's created and then parents hear it and they go, oh my God, my kid's special. And then, oh my God, my kid's going to miss out, not going to keep up. That's such an easy way to get a parent to take all of their money and put it. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. What I'm saying is it's a thing that's real. And I think it causes everything. The specialization piece, the fear of missing out. From your experience as a sports parent, what did, did you feel any of that? How did you kind of manage oh. the, that whole area? Well, you know, my husband and I are both coaches. My husband um, coached high school boys and then coached my daughters a little bit and did AU. But our perspective as parents was we wanted our kids to play sports and we wanted them to play a lot of sports. And so we we're not gifted musically. Um, we're you know we're not we're we're not artistic people. Um, so you know we we wanted our kids to learn learn how to be athletes in some respect and be parts of teams and so my son played soccer he played baseball he played basketball he played football you know he played three or four sports growing up and and then kind of just played basketball and football but we never asked him to specialize our own children and even my daughter who ended up playing at university of Hill, the big sky all-time leading score i mean she loves game basketball but she throughout high school she played soccer she loved soccer and i as a parent never asked her not to play soccer you know um it was part of who she was and my other daughter played a lot of softball and volleyball i mean we never asked them to specialize you know what we did ask of them and this is a parent perspective is when they got to that level what you're talking about where the money starts to become part of it where you know the club coaches come calling or the trainers come calling as a specialization um our our thing was okay as parents we will i mean we understood that we understood you know i go recruit club tournaments i understand the club circuit um you know i i get it but we always asked our kids our our own children that okay if we're going to pay for this here's the agreement this is what you're going to do on your own you're going to go to the gym and they had no excuses because we had gym keys to two different facilities you know so we put down okay we'll pay if you're willing to put in the time outside, because I think that's something that's been lost. I mean, you talk about what we did, you know, and, I, and I'm older than you, so I can't even remember further back, but without, especially being a female, I mean, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, and there weren't club teams. There, I didn't get on a club team as a basketball player until I was going into my senior year in high school and played the AAU circuit. I had to go find places to play. I did so much on my own or with my coach. You know, we just played open gym. We play, went to the gym and we shot. And I remember going down to the rec center and playing with the guys. Because, you know, I mean, you just sought out opportunities, but I developed personally a love for the sport. And nobody told me I had to go train or I had to travel. And there was no money involved. My mom my mom didn't have to pay money. She paid for some basketball camps, but she didn't pay for trips to Atlanta and, you know, Virginia. And my, my, one of my daughters traveled all over the nation with a top club team, and she loved it. But the, the agreement was with our own kids is we we're going to put the work in. And the work ethic is, I think, is something that's missing sometimes. You know, sports teaches two things that we as a society don't do a great job of teaching kids anymore. One of them is you got to work and put the time in to have the success Mm -hmm. and that failure is not fatal. You are going to fall flat on your face and you're going to lose and you're going to get up the next day or you're going to you're going to reset and you're going to learn from it. And I think that's the thing that sports can really teach. And so I wanted my kids to have all this. I wanted them to have the ups and the downs, but I also wanted them to have the work ethic. You put the time in. If you want to be good at something, you put the time in. Grades were also very important. So, you know, when grades started to slip, 
And, you know, and for the most part, our kids were great students. But if they started to slip, a few homework assignments were missing, then it was like, okay, right? You know, we need to talk. And if you want to go to this AAU tournament, then you better get that book report in or yeah. something. You know, and kind of that dynamic. And I think that's the thing that sports should be for all kids is those opportunities to, uh, we just don't. I mean, I get some kids that even at, at Whitman that are, they just, failure is so scary for them because they they don't they they didn't do a lot of it they were so kind of protected and coddled and told how wonderful they are and they are wonderful but you're going to be okay we're going to lose a game and we're going to be okay we're going to get better from it we're going to learn from it and and what a powerful experience and the last thing i think with high school college is time management i mean student athletes to to be good especially you know whitman we we're a high academic school our kids are amazing time managers. Well, I mean, that's the kind of people that you want to put that on your resume. I was a student athlete at Whitman College because whoever's reading that's going to go, okay, this person knows how to use their time. They know how to, they know how to get stuff done. And I know you had a division three experience, but I mean, I think any student athletes, you know, that especially at the, at the lower levels, they, they're working hard to create time to be excellent at their sport. They're, they're not being coddled in any way. And uh, I think those are really valuable lessons. And I think the sports really provides those. And boy, I just, I, I, what worries me is, you know, is it's just when the specialization kicks in, I think sometimes, especially on the female side, the kids start looking around and going, I'll never be that good. And they start to quit. And that's, that's what concerns me. Or we have a trainer who says, don't play for your high school team. You know, that's the stuff that disturbs me. I just think the more opportunities you have because your high school team isn't good and you don't want to lose. I mean, that's those are the wrong messages and those are the things that disturb me more than anything. And, and to be honest, I shy away from those kids because it's Division three is a struggle if you're not passionate about what you do. I mean, I think you understand that. I mean, you have to love the sport and love the experience because the props are not cutting you a break. They're going to, you know, they're just not. They have absolutely no breaks to student athletes. I don't know how your school was, but at Whitman, we get no breaks. It's hard. And, um, you know, so we can't coddle them and they got to get things done. When we come back, Michelle and I discuss how to teach to circumstances rather than control and manipulate them. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Where we left off, Coach Ferenz and I were about to dive into how to release the opportunity to your child. As a parent, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to watch your kid struggle. It's not comfortable. But, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, in my own experience as an athlete, 
I had coaches that were I had coaches that were phenomenal coaches who demanded a lot, and then I had coaches who I don't think were particularly good. Um, yep. In hindsight, you know, but you know, looking back, I learned a lot from that experience as well. And I've kind of tried to take that same perspective to my kids. Right? I think it's so important, unless of course a circumstance is uh, dangerous to our yes. kids. Right? Yeah. Like you know, assuming that that's not the case. You know, yeah. and your kid has a coach that maybe you don't think is the best with X's and O's or isn't a great leader or isn't a great. I think one of the biggest cancers that's out there in youth sports today is undermining the coach that your kid's playing yeah. for. And I think a lot of it, you talk about the coddling, you talk about you know, something like playing time or whatever. Or my kids, I don't want them to fail, so I'm going to blame. You're only not playing because of this. Well, how about telling your kid like, hey, your coach thinks you belong here. Why not teach to that? Why not go to your kids and say, hey, yeah. you know, why not look at it? as an adult and say, hey, you know, I may know that this coach may be a little inexperienced, but I'm going to help my child to understand how to work through that and find a way to get better. I'm going to let them learn on their own. There's so many ways I think that we as parents could teach two circumstances rather than try to control them and manipulate them and always give the kid our, listen, I think I'm doing my kid a disservice if I'm always giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like accountability is huge. And you're, I think you're talking about that, but it's a fine line, right? It's tough to do. How do we as parents kind of empower or, or let our kids be released. Tim Corbin, head baseball coach at Vanderbilt, I like to quote yes. him a lot. He said to me in our interview, release the opportunity to your child. I think that's great. How do we do that? How do we release the whole experience to our children? You know, I think at a college level, they're adults. And so I, I kind of cut the parents out of it. But I think, you know, I was a high school coach for a long time. And I've coached youth. I've worked camps. Um, you know, and then coached my own daughters. My husband and I both, and my son, you know, help with their youth programs. And I completely agree. And one of the things we have to understand as parents is we have to sit back and understand and this was a little this is tough I mean the kids gonna come home and they're gonna be upset or they're gonna be frustrated and to listen and to then you know let them vent let them get the emotion out but then realize that probably the next day they've probably forgotten about it and they moved on you know what I mean I mean they really have and I agree if it's not a dangerous situation I mean I mean I'm a college coach my husband coached college he, we've coached to combine 50 some years together 60 wow. some years together but we still have parents who you know talk to us about youth stuff and, and it is deflating but I mean we've been around long enough that we kind of put in perspective um but anyway so you know I think one thing that um I I think as a parent, you have to understand that this is part of the process. And then ask, you know, ask your son, ask your daughter, well, what can you do to make it better? You know, because like our kids were always pretty skilled and pretty good athletes. I mean, they're, my husband and I both were college athletes, we're coaches. I mean, so what are you going to do to make it better? Can you help? You know, and then too, are you being enthusiastic? You know, well, what are you doing to make things better? Are you, are you pumping your teammates up? What positives did you give? And we praise them for those things. And to try to, because jealousy is a big part of it sometimes too. They, you know, I mean, there's a jealousy of a kid's, you know, youth athletics are so funny because you get the kids that are just naturally, they, they grow early. Or, and that was me. I was the early mature, you know, I was 5'11 when I was 12 years old and I was Whoa. athletic and I could move. You know, I was very, I was the, that's why I say athletics kind of saved me because otherwise I was an anomaly. I was, I stood out, you know, I was taller than every person I ever encountered that was in my age group. So I, I grew early, but I was also very graceful. I was athletic. And so sports gave me an opportunity to feel good about myself. Sure. And, you know, I, otherwise I wouldn't have had that. And, and I was also very competitive. It gave me an outlet for that. And I think we have to recognize as parents, 
that why do, why do our kids play sports? Are they doing it because they're athletic? Are they driven? Or are they just really loving the social aspect of it? Yeah. Is it, you know, and what are you doing to really encourage that? Because I, it, I mean, where do you want your kids to be? Do you want them to be hanging out on the soccer field when they're 12 and 13 years old, having a good time with, with other kids who are good students and good citizens? Or do you want them to be so discouraged that they shut down and they sit at home and play video games. I mean, that was the, cho- the choice. I wanted my kids to be busy. I wanted them to be busy, and I was willing as a parent to support that. And it wasn't always because they were the star. I just, I wanted them in those environments, I guess. I just, and, and I think that's the thing we, we lose track of. I think, you know, the kids that I get, I mean, for the most part, the parents have, they support the child, you know, through their, their sports. And, and some of them, are, I mean, all of our kids at Whitman are, all conference kids. I mean, there were some thousand point scorers and all state and whatever. They were good players, but um, they're they're not Division One kids. You know, they're not yeah. scholarship kids for the most part. But the parents support the positive experience and the commitment that that child is. You know, that our daughters, their daughters, made, and that they know what a big part of their identity being an athlete is. And I and I just think there's so many positives up it. Well, as a parent, I mean, I, I really tried, and, and it was hard at times. <laughs> I really tried. Um, I really tried to make sure that, you know, if my kids came home or complained about something, I listened, but then it was kind of like, um, we had a rule at our house that if they were going to complain about a situation or complain about a game or a performance or a teammate that for whatever five minutes they got to complain, I got five minutes to respond. All right. Otherwise, I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. That, like was, that. that was kind of the rule because I said, you know, I don't know. I, I can't help them with a lot of things in life, but I do know coaching. I do know athletics. So I felt like I needed to say in the insight. And sometimes it was like, oh, mom, I don't want to hear it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's fair. But, you know, I listened to you. So now you're going to listen to me. And and so that was kind of how we did it. My, and my husband, <laughs> my husband was the same way. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, we were really lucky. We always, our kids played for good coaches, good people, not, you know, not, not the most knowledgeable coaches all the time, but gosh, just such, I mean, there was just so much positive and we just built on the positive. But I think a parent has to sometimes step back and realize that if you don't want your kid to quit, if you want your kid to stay involved, if you want them to be in these positive situations, these growth situations that sports can provide, you need to be the adult and you need to step back and you need to figure out, you know, look at your kid with a little bit of an objective eye and like, okay, you know what? My kid is, he's, he's competitive or she's competitive, but you know, she's not the most talented kid or she She also really likes soccer. Get get a perspective and then support the positive. We need more people, good people. I just taught a coaching class this semester, and I had like 12 student-athletes in it. And I was just like, I wanted to give them tools that they could go do. You guys should volunteer. Get involved, you know, and give them the tools so they could go out and feel confident that they could go coach a fifth-grade AAU team or volunteer and help because kids need to see that. They need to have that energy, but... Yeah, it's, it's really changed. Um, and the idea, too, is like, as a parent, if you question the coach, your kid will question the coach. You have to set the example. You have to. And like you said, if it's, if, it's, if the coach is doing their best, then as a parent, you 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 need to step back and not fuel the fire, I guess is my, my term. Because, you know, I've had more parents come up to me after the fact, after years of, you know, helping with youth teams our kids are involved in, and thank us who at the time thought we were idiots. You know, thank you. Yeah. I'm so sorry I interfered. I know how lucky we were to, that you did all that you did. And, you know, you got to have a thick skin, but the other thing is, you know, you're, you're if you're going to complain about a coach, then your kids are going to join right into that. It's become an excuse. So you can't go there as a parent. 
Coach, I love this. I, your passion is infectious and it's evident. You got the mic. Yeah. You know, I'd love to know, you know, as a perennial powerhouse at the Division Three level, <laughs> women's basketball, you know, what are you looking for? Girls, you know, kids, parents, yeah. they want to know how they can get to Whitman. But what are you really looking for? Like when you're recruiting, you know, what are you looking for from a skill set standpoint, uh, you know, from a character standpoint, academic? What do these kids got to do to get on your radar? You know, obviously, athleticism is is one of the first things. It's Division Three, easy. It is Division Three. You take, um, we're going to get those kids that they consider tweeners. Yeah. They might not be the tallest post player. They might not be the quickest guard. But we look for the the athleticism and the skill, obviously, first. But there's just something about a demeanor. The kid who is hustling every loose ball, getting a rebound, getting back, talking to their teammates. Um, and you know, one of the things I always look for is their bench demeanor. When they're sitting on the bench, are they up cheering for the teammates? You know, when their coach is talking to them, you know, what's what's the body language like? Um, because I, I coach at a level where, I don't know how to say this, but I'm a tough coach, and I always I always tell my players, you know, I'm not the easiest person to play for because I'm pretty demanding. I, I, I expect a high level of execution, and that's, you know, why we're good, I think, is we have pretty high standards for what we do. But, you know, um, there's kids that just resonate when we watch them on the floor. You can just see it. Um, and and we watch top club teams. We go and watch the second and third division. Um, there's no real target for us. We try to canvas a lot. And it's just something about how they conduct themselves on the court. It's the effort, the energy, the, the positivity. You know, if that goes with, with a skill level and some athleticism, then, you know, we're, we're on the phone. We're, we're sending them a note. We're trying to figure out, okay, and then the next part is, are you academic? You know, how are you as a student? Because that's for the school. But we do a lot of screening. And then, yeah, and then we fit it together. And every year is a little different you know, um, in terms of what we bring. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, gotta love the game. That's the other thing, too. You can tell a kid who's just really having fun. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what to say. You can just tell when they're passionate about the game and how they're having fun. And, um, you know, and that's, I always think we, we give our kids this article every year. It is something about the game knows. I don't know if you've seen the article. It's written by a former player from the University of Alabama. And she just talks about how, you know, her experience at the University of Alabama as a catcher and how they brought a transfer in. And she just always wondered, I just put all this time and I put all this work in. I'm I know I'm playing for a top program, but it's stayed positive, da, da. And in the end, you know, her involvement with the University of Alabama, her student athlete experience got her the dream job. It got her an interview with a top law firm that she wow. wanted to interview with all along and she says you know all those times i wondered if all my effort all my energy all these things i was giving to the game to the sport were ever going to return it to me and it didn't return it to me necessarily in terms of playing time but it got me my dream job they recognized that being a student athlete is special at whatever level and they wanted that and i think that's what a lot of my players get is a i i get a lot of requests for letters recommendations and phone calls and they want to know about them as a student athlete because they they value that experience and so um you know, we've we've had some kids go play. We have one playing right now professionally in England. You know, we've got some really high level players, but they're all also great students and great people. So I think that's the best thing about Division Three. So in the end, it's all about what you do as a team, and that's that's the fun part for me. So yeah. So thanks for asking. Nobody ever asked. That's a good question, I, Nick. I honestly. love it. I love it, Michelle yeah. Ferenc. Thank you so much. This is freaking awesome. Thank you. That's Michelle Ferenc, head women's basketball coach at Women College. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.